Wearing my finest, my dog ate my homework graphic tee that was a size too small. As a 10-year-old boy, I went to the theaters with my parents. The movie opened up, innocuous. I didn't know what to expect. But I soon found two people on top of each other, kissing. My parents were quick to shield my eyes. Now what I'm talking about is the sex scene from Iron Man 1. It was the first of many sex scenes that I was bound to see with my parents. This intro has nothing to do with what we'll be talking about today. I just wanted you guys to know that it was a horrible moment and one of the worst cinema moments in my entire life. On today's episode, we will be talking about our favorite and least favorite Pixar movies. Sam Aracalio, it's still 2020, and we have an equally depressing podcast today, um, talking about how much we hate our lives and the movies that get us through it. Uh, I am joined by another mediocre white uh, film male, uh, film male named Dane Holtz. He's going to say hi now. Hi now. Yep. And I am joined by a non-white mediocre male named Samir. Uh, Samir is joining our show. He's going to say hi now um, as well. And don't you worry. What I lack in whiteness, I make up for in mediocrity. So, Yeah, our, our mediocrity yeah. knows no racial bounds. Um, we do not discriminate on that front. We want to be as mediocre in as many ways as possible. Um, and tonight we will be following, um, as all good you know, 21 to 23-year-old men should be talking about. We're going to be talking about children's movies tonight. Um, And that means we will be talking about our favorite Pixar movies. Uh, We have all made our tier lists. For those of you who don't know, tier lists are going from F tier to S tier, um, ranking your favorite movies in each category. Uh, It started from Super Smash Bros., um, and we have shown we have chosen this for uh, our children movies. And I will open up our discussion to begin with. With how did you guys uh, enjoy ranking these movies? Was it hard? Uh, were there any surprises while you were doing this? Uh, as well as just your uh, general background with Pixar movies. Yeah. So oh. I thought ranking Samir? these movies. Oh. Samir? No, 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 no. I'm just, Samir's already pissing me off. Like he's <laughs> he's already do? speaking over people. You're already speaking over, Dane. Okay, true. Samir, like, uh, yeah, like, can we, go, I'll be the, mo- I'll be the, I'll be the be moderator. The mo- be the Chris Wallace of tonight. I'll be the Chris Wallace. <laughs> we Dane, just dated this podcast. <laughs> okay, Dane. All right. So, Samir, stop talking. <laughs> I thought, it was pretty difficult to rank these movies. Personally, I'm a huge Pixar fan. Always have been since a wee little lad. Um, and for, for me, the hardest was determining my S and A tiers. Um, the movies that I, I have in there, I think they're all around fantastic movies. 
Um, so for me, distinguishing my S and A tier, it really came down to what makes these movies special. Like what what new did they bring to the table? What was really exciting about these movies? Um, so that's kind of how I how I determined it. But overall, like huge Pixar fan, and it was very hard to to crack down on how I rank my my Pixar films. Yeah. So I can't hear Sam. Sam, I think you might be muted. I muted myself. And I asked a great question too, which is so frustrating. That can be cut out, I think, right? No, we're going to have to keep it. um, Doctor's orders. Um, (laughs) Dane, what was the first Pixar movie you ever watched? The first Pixar movie I ever watched was actually the first movie I ever saw in theaters, and that was Monsters, Inc. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's actually a very similar experience. The first movie I ever watched in theaters was also the first movie I ever watched in general, which was Bugs Life. So, yeah. Mine, the first movie I've ever seen in my life was Monsters, Inc. Really? Like, I, I saw that oh my God. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. Were you born in 1999, Dane? I was. That's what it is. Yeah. Loser. Yeah, you're the the you're the orangutan, right? No, I don't think we're the. What what it's are the year we? Of the, it's the year of the platypus. You're the rabbit. Right? You're the rabbit. I thought. I think we're the rabbit. Well, let me look it up. All right, keep going. Well. Uh, Actually, Samir, uh, don't look up too hard because the next question is for you. And that question is, uh, how was this experience of making a tier list? Yeah, it was, it was a good one. And I think that I should probably address this now. Sam actually uttered some fighting <laughs> words in his intro um, when he called Pixar's movies children's films. See, I, I, I would argue, and I'm, I'm going to expand upon this probably later, that, um, you know, Pixar, in terms of the stories that they tell, are so nuanced. They're so human, even though they're, you know, famously, um, they don't have non-human subjects. That I really think that they're one of these studios where everybody, adults, you know, everything alike, can come and enjoy these movies and see themselves in bugs, in cars, in fish, in literal emotions and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think that, you know, it, it, it kind of takes on like a Studio Ghibli-esque quality where it's like, wow, like um, these, these movies really, these characters hold a human weight. Uh, with, with that being said, uh, I'm going to get to your question, which is how was the experience of making the tier list? And I, I thought it was really difficult, um, especially trying to break down from S and A tier was, was really, really difficult um, just because know there's there's certain stories that you just connect to on like an emotional level and your gut and your heart just tells you everything about this movie is s tier for those movies i mean that's what it came down to but then there's some other movies where it's like they're really great almost some of the best storytelling i've ever seen in my life um but it doesn't evoke that exact gut visceral heart reaction so i'm gonna have to bump you down to a tier the other tiers were, were less difficult to determine, but still, you know, they're all really great films in their own right because it's such a studio of great renown. 
yeah, just overall an enjoyable and thought provoking experience, but super difficult. Yeah, I think Samir, you brought up a good point with um, just like the the nostalgia aspect of this whole exercise. Um, I think I don't think it's uh, like an insane statement to say that like Pixar for a lot of like people that are into films now was one of the most important <clears throat> important things in getting us into films. I think it's a very much like um, it's a, both an entry level and like a movie a type of movie that you can rewatch a bunch. Uh, and still enjoy. Uh, I know that like the first the first movies I ever absolutely loved were Pixar movies. Um, so I definitely resonated with that, which also makes it um, really hard to rank these. Where um, it's how much is it nostalgia? Is that is like is this movie really uh, better than the others, or is this just uh, like a very nostalgic time in your life that you remember uh, specifically about your childhood? All right, so in my D tier, I think we'll start off and just say the movies I have not watched are I have not seen The Good Dinosaur, and I have not seen Cars 3, which is right here. Um, as it will come uh, throughout my tier list, I had no motivation to watch Cars 3 um, after Cars 2 and Cars 1. And The Good Dinosaur also just never really caught my eye, um, didn't get amazing reviews, and just didn't really find the point of watching that when there's so many other good movies, especially animated movies, to watch. So in my D tier, I'm going to put Brave, um, Cars 2, and this might shock some people, Incredibles 2. So I will explain why. Um, I think of the, like, 20 movies that they made here, that Pixar's made, there has only been two which I actually think are bad movies, and that is, um, come on, my face cam's not working, um, there's only been two bad movies, and that is Brave, and that is Cars 2. Incredibles 2 is not as bad as these two movies, but I also just really dislike it for a couple of reasons. Um, Brave was the first miss. If, like, we, like, are looking back, like, there was a time when people thought Pixar was never going to release a bad movie. Like, they had released, like, eight or nine amazing, like, pretty much ten out of ten animated movies. And then they released Brave. Um, I think Brave is horrible. I have not rewatched it. I will not rewatch it. I remember being bored to tears. I read a synopsis of the plot, and it's one of the most, like, generic, dumb plots, um, where it's like, oh, I, I don't like my mom, and then her mom turns to a bear, and she's like, wait, I know the power of family. It's like, shut up, I don't care. Uh, Cars 2 is fucking horrible. Uh, I don't know why they thought making Larry the Cable Guy uh, as a main character of any animated movie was going to be a good idea, but it really falls flat in many different ways. Um... And then Incredibles 2, um, we'll discuss that more, because I think you guys will probably have that higher rank than I do, um, but we'll discuss that further. So let's bring it now to Samir, uh, who will show us his D-tier movies. Uh, okay, okay. Um, all right, so first I'm going to talk about Incredibles 2, because... Uh, maybe Dude. to Sam's surprise, that was also in my D tier. Or, Let's fucking go. Fuck that. Movie. Okay, so just to talk about this film, 
and yeah, so I think that obviously, like I also, you know, like Sam, don't want to say too much about this, um, even though like I have a lot to say about it, just because first movie um, I also want to talk about, and I think it's most useful to talk about these two movies um, together versus, you know, like in terms of like the larger point of why I ranked this one as low as I did. But initially what I can say is that, you know, it, it really felt like it was missing a lot of the charm of the first movie. And I really, really liked the first movie. Um, I think this was a good movie in its own right. Like Brad Bird, obviously um, phenomenal director in terms of one of those few people that really, really has a grip on action sequences. Um, he, he knows like the mechanics of an action sequence, how to write an action sequence, and most importantly, how to direct an action sequence in a way that's like constantly engaging. Um, and a lot of that came through with Incredibles 2. And, you know, it, it, it has like a lot of those funny family moments that made um, Incredibles 1 so great. Um, but I think that, you know, the story for me just feels too constrained and restricted and doesn't it doesn't expand upon the novelty as much as i would like um honestly you know sam talked about giving larry the cable guy his own movie i honestly think with that being said if they gave frozone his own movie and incredibles 2 was just a story about frozone and like a black family living um in in um in contemporary like contemporary united states while also fighting bad guys like, I think that would have probably been a much more progressive and interesting story because it would have added that sense of novelty I, that I, I felt was lacking from Incredibles 2. And I think that it would have made for just a new set of cultural dynamics to play into the story. Um, the action would still be there. And I think Frozone is that one character where you watch it and you just cannot get enough of that guy. Like, regardless of however much screen presence Frozone has, even The Incredibles 1, his lines are the most quotable, even, like, 10, 11 years after the movie's release. Like, even in Incredibles 2, I think that you know, most people, they still remembered Frozone scene. So, um, you know, whatever. My my tangent on that aside, I think that, uh, I think that you know, The Incredibles 2 was lacking a lot of charm for me, which is why I put it there. Uh... And then, you know, also with Sam in terms of Cars 2 and Cars 3, actually. And the reason I think that is um, it's a little bit less, you know, about that story. Like, th this is this is just more personal. I'm not a huge fan of the Cars franchise. Um, I'll talk about the first movie more, but I just, it's just my own personal thing. Like, I didn't connect with the story as much as a kid because I wasn't a car guy, which is the equivalent of a horse girl, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but I, you know, like, I, I just didn't, didn't really resonate with it. Um, I really liked the character of Mater, and I'll, I'll get more into that when I talk about the first one. Um, but just this, this whole series, to me, just feels super dry. Um, so it, I didn't enjoy it two and three so that was that would be in d tier but still like, like i'll say with everything else um still good movies much better than like a lot of the other animated movies um that probably came out near it uh okay toy story 4 this one is definitely going to this is shocking people i'm but, shocked yeah i'm shocked that you have that this low i really hated this movie really okay. that's said that's said that's said and i'll i'll, I'll explain why 
So I think that for me, this movie felt so much just like a side mission. And it, it, it just felt like a side story where the stakes didn't really feel high enough. And I didn't feel like the emotion up to it. That being said, the ending of Toy Story 3, I think, is one of the most emotional things I've ever witnessed. Um, so any movie, you know, or any franchise, like any movie following the Toy Story franchise was in a really tough spot. And I think that's just because how much mentally, like, I, the ending of Toy Story 3 just felt like such a perfect conclusion to me. And then with Toy Story 4 bringing on, like, a new set of characters, and then they have, like, this, like, I guess they have their own adventure, but it didn't move me at all. Um, and I just, you know, really didn't think the story was fresh or anything really um, to talk about. Um, and it just, to me, felt like a TV movie. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could say more about it, but I know a lot of people like this movie um, and definitely feel really different than, like, than me to it. But I personally, you know, just did not uh, enjoy this movie at all. And the last movie I've got on here is Bugs Life. Which, um, yeah, like, I, I think it's a great movie, and I especially enjoy Woody Allen's voice acting in it. But in terms of the story, and part of it might also be that this is the one that um, I probably spent the least time with. Like, I've seen it once uh, quite a while ago, and it keeps coming back up into my memory. But from that, like, I know whenever I have that gut reaction towards it, um, even, like, the, the tears above it, like, the... S tier, A tier, and then whatever tiers below that. Like, I definitely had a little bit of that reaction. Even, you know, the earliest movie I've ever seen was Monsters, Inc., and I remember having that reaction to that. But with Bugs Life, like, I think it just kind of felt like a really passive viewing experience. Um, so, yeah, those are my four movies on the D tier. But, again, want to reemphasize that um, all these movies, like, are great in their own right technical achievement. Bugs Life especially, like, crazy when that came out for animation. Um, and even, you know, Incredibles 2 and Cars, just Story 4, like technically they're all beautiful, but, you know, this is a list and every list needs position. So, yeah. Cool. Dan, do you want to, do you want to rebut any of this first or do you want me to rebut? What time do you rebut? <laughs> me? Yeah. All right. I, so you, yeah, Cars 2, um, I think. Well, I don't want to. I'm gonna wait until I can talk about mine because there are, I have a few on my, um, on my D tier that okay. have been up already. Um, but I honestly, I'm not Samir. I for the most part agreed with the majority of what you said regarding the majority of the movies. So yeah. Okay. To start, um, Samir, I think you would look really good in that that shawl that's being advertised to you. I think you would really rock that nice little fall number. It's like a Christian girl fall <laughs> number. That I think that's kind of your aesthetic. So um, for those listening, yeah, I could probably see you're just getting an advertisement for yeah. that Christian girl fall coat. So um, yeah, it, it is mean, of the season. So Samir, I think you should probably get it on that. Um, it's people like you on the screen making that ad for me, just trying to spam. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I hate my job. Um, so, I think just, I like, I agree about Incredibles 2 a lot. Um, it's just like, 
there's not like the stakes just aren't very high in it um and it i for your critique of toy story 4 is almost my direct critique of incredibles 2 it is it just feels like a side mission it felt like you could have aired it on abc family and been done with it um toy story 4 i'll i'll say that i i agree with your critique of it um I do think it never really answers the question, like, why was this necessary? Like, why didn't we just end it on three? Because three is, as we know, like, pretty much, like, the quintessential perfect Pixar moment. Uh, one of the best mm-hmm. moments in cinema, period. Um, I do think, like, Tony Hale as Sporky, um, like, it definitely resonated because I'm a huge Arrested Development uh, fan. So, like, hearing him was great. I also think it's probably the prettiest. Uh, like the like the opening scene of them in the rain is like oh my god like how do you how do you animate that so I do think Toy Story four also does have like one of the most like like the funniest side characters like the Key and Peel side characters are oh they're fantastic hilarious like that's like the only time I think I've ever watched a Pixar movie and was like openly like belly laughing like I was laughing I watched it like three days ago I'm like I still am laughing at the jokes in my head. So I do agree with your saying, but um, I, I have it higher. I don't have it super high, but I do have it higher than two tier. So we'll move to Dane now, who is going to show us his uh, his D tier movies. So all right. So I have two D list or D tier movies, um, and those are Cars two. Uh, so Cars 2, going off of Samir and Sam, this movie is like, in my opinion, the complete opposite of what Pixar stands for, which is giving a movie that is grounded and just really appeals to important themes, um, whether it has to pertain to childhood or uh, Pixar films in general have a lot of themes that can be applied to any point in life. Uh, this Cars 2 is just so not grounded. It was like, it's complete opposite. It's just a bonker story. Following Mater, I, th- it, I feel like they, there was something in there, was something in there that might've been, they could have done a decent plot with, with Mater, but I mean, the and majority of the plot in the movie is just so bonkers and outrageous and it really plays this kind of a half-ass children's movie so i really despise cars 2 especially whenever you compare it to all the other pixar films the other movie on in my d tier is incredibles 2 oh damn i thought i thought dane you were gonna have this way higher just because you love like superheroes i do love superheroes and not that I didn't like Cars 2 personally. I mean, not Cars 2, Incredibles 2. Um, personally, Cars 2, I think, should be like F tier. Um, Incredibles 2, I enjoyed the movie, but I also thought that it didn't really bring anything new to the table. It very much was like a, a side quest, like you guys said. I thought the the story was very predictable. Um, I don't know what our 
stances on spoilers for these movies, but the twist in the movie, uh, kind of the reveal of the, the main villain who is at the top of the poster, uh, I thought was very, very predictable. And just the movie in all didn't really give a lot of surprise. It was really nice seeing the characters in a film again after the long wait. Um, but overall, I, I was pretty disappointed by it. I do think there are some good moments in the movie, uh, particularly when Mr. Incredible is babysitting, I guess not babysitting because it's his own kid, looking after Jack-Jack. Uh, I thought, I think there's some, there's some great moments in there. The action overall is pretty compelling as well, but it, I walked away being very, very neutral with this movie. I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was, it was good. Yeah, I think it's just like very mad to me. Like it doesn't do anything egregious like Cars 2 does or Brave does, but like to me it is, it is just very safe. Um, so yeah. I'm actually surprised we all dislike it as much because it has a very high letterbox, um, much higher than we thought it would. Um, okay, so I'm going to share my screen and we are going to go. Um, I have to just remember real quick what I have in my seat here. Um, so we are going to share this. Can you guys see yeah. my screen? Cool. So in my C tier, I have The Dog's Life. I have Finding Dory. I have uh, Monsters University. Did you guys see me pan over there? Did you like to see the whole thing? <laughs> I saw a little bit, but but not too much. I okay. kind of blacked out for a second. So okay, well, okay. keep black out one more time so I can see real quick. All right, I'm closing my eyes. Oh, first one. Um, yeah. So these are the these are my C tier, my C tier, and like by the time we're C tier, this means the movies are good. Like they're not a waste of time. Um, I didn't actively dislike them. I just don't think they capture the same like Pixar magic that the others do. Um, so like A Bug's Life is um, actually like very similar to Samir. Like I have only seen it twice. And the first time I literally was like one or two years old. So it doesn't even count. Um, I think it started a lot of great things for Pixar. But I think others specifically, I think of A Bug's Life kind of as a poor man's toy story. Um, a lot of the like the great things that A Bug's Life does is perfected in Toy Story 1 and 2. Um, so like, I think it's just a movie that was like an important touchstone. It has not aged the best out of all of them. Obviously the animation isn't great, um, but by the standards that it was the biggest feat in animation history. Um, Finding Dory is kind of nostalgic for me. I was like actually gonna rank this higher um, because it's like the the aquarium that it's set in is based off of the aquarium I used to go to as a kid. Um, so that was like very nostalgic for me to see. 
it's it's very similar to Cars 2 and how it focuses on the comic relief as the main character. And I just don't think that's an amazing um, dynamic, except I would watch that Frozone Incredible Beats. That would be amazing. But I think you could do more of that because I think there, there would be more nuance. Monsters U is just not really needed. It's good, it's not great. And then Cars 1, similar to Samir, um, just, I don't love the car series. Like my dad is such a car boy and he's just like, oh, that that's a Mustang S50 when we're watching it. I'm like, I literally don't care. Like fuck cars, um, team bike, team moped over here. Um, so like, yeah, fuck, fuck cars. But this movie's, this movie's good, but it's not great. So those are my C tier movies. Yeah, are we? Uh, yeah, we are to now? you. You now, Samir. Uh, um, oh shit! Where did my feelings go? All right, one sec. Give me a second. I hope I didn't get rid of my. Uh, there it is. Okay. We good. Okay. Okay. So I forgot to mention this the first time I was talking, but the four I haven't seen are Onward. Sorry, Sam and Dane. I still didn't get a chance to see that, but I will check that out because I've heard really good things about it. Brave, I haven't seen, um, which I heard is skippable. The Good Dinosaur, also same thing. Monsters University, I did still want to check out regardless. Um, just because, like, I kind of like those college movies. I just think they're fun because I get to compare our experience to whatever the hell goes on in those movies. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I heard this was also just kind of so-so. But, yeah, these are the four I haven't seen, so full transparency. Um, okay, so my C tier, I have Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 on there and Finding Dory. Um, to talk about Finding Dory first, uh, I'll talk about the first movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about the first Finding Nemo later, but for Finding Dory, like I thought the movie was, was good. Um, like I, I definitely enjoyed it while I was watching it and I got a lot of like I, I thought it was really fun but again like the story just felt a bit too small for me in the sense that you know they're stuck in this zoo I think is the premise and they're trying to escape out of the zoo um and I thought like the echo location stuff that was going on was fun um I just wish that we got a little bit more um of that classic Pixar emotional connection and uh you know that and, and I, I I just wish the story was bigger like, it's not a, you know, like, obviously, it's easy to be kind of biased against sequels, because like, it's a thing that like sequels are never as good as like the original world that you're being introduced to and like, things lose its charm. But I think that there is a way to make, you know, sequels and even like, the third movies in a franchise, like pretty good. Um, but it's just you just have to be a lot more careful in terms of the originality that you're going to bring to it. Like, don't overwhelm the world that you've created with new stories 
but rather raise the stakes of the story so it doesn't just feel like a small like addendum or like a DLC package that you would buy or something like that. Make the story big enough that it would stand up on itself. Um, I know this is a movies podcast, but like I think the best you know comparison I can make to this is Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Like Better Call Saul has um, for those that who haven't seen it or have seen it, I highly recommend it because I think that it's one of those shows that so like it's evolved into its own living, breathing thing that like it just stands so apart. Um, and I think that's what like stories that are trying to add to the world of the first one, um, while also retaining the not like the novelty and like raising the stakes did aim for. Um, so yeah, Finding Dory, fun movie, but just didn't connect with it um, and thought the story was a little too small. Okay, the Toy Story one and two, obviously I know I will get a lot, a lot of hate. Samir, your list sucks ass. I I know, and the thing is, this is also like maybe will come as a relief. I genuinely don't think that these are bad movies in any right. And it, honestly, if people had these in their S tier or A tier, would not, I, I, don't, I don't have any single rebuttal point against it. The only reason I have these in the C tier is just because for the same reason as cars. Like with movies, I've realized over the years that the only, you know, acceptable approach or logical approach for me is to just go with my gut. Um, and in terms of like, just the main storyline of like the toys coming to life. And I'll talk about Toy Story 3 later and why that's such a big exception for me. Um, but what one and two, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't play with toys as much as a kid. I know that sounds like weird, but like, I feel like I just didn't interact. <laughs> like, I don't know, like I wasn't like a, like a Piggers or something like that kind of person. But I think that, you know, these movies everything about them technically is correct. Story is great. The screenplay is great. The animation is mind-blowing for the time it came out. Honestly, I don't have anything bad really to say about these movies other than the fact that, you know, my own personal, you know, gut reaction or taste to them was just kind of bland because I didn't connect with the story as much. And I just have to go with my gut here and have them in C tier. But um, yeah, that's my C tier. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't even know what to say, Sumir. Like, yeah. I would, like, we put you in, in good faith on this podcast, and, like, we expect you to, like, do things that are, like, you know. I mean, I, it's only going to be interesting if you have hot takes, right? <laughs> like, well, I thought my Incredibles 2 was going to be a hot take, and then we just all didn't like it. Well, we didn't love it, so. Yeah. Get on my level, Sam. Learn what a true hot take is. Dude, I don't know. Like, you didn't like them because you didn't like I mean, like, because you didn't like toys, Samir. Well, uh, like, see, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't have anything bad to say about the movies. But like, for one and two, like, I don't know. I, I just can't help feel, but like, I'm sure that both of you have had an experience where you watch a movie and you're like, yeah, that's a good movie, and I can see how other people would really like it. But for me, it's just like, yeah, I can see how other people would really like it. But I don't know. Like that's why it's, it's not even like I'm I like I'm not even presenting an argument. It's just solely taste, I think, for me. Oh. Okay, well we're all allowed to have bad taste, so thank you, Samir. <laughs> hey, hey, this is my I will I will accept this is you know the worst of my draft as it gets. <laughs> okay, well hopefully let's go to Dane now, who will share his screen and give us his C tier Pixar movies. 
Okay. Mm, all right. Am I shared? Not watching. Now I am. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So I'm just going to run through each one and then talk about them. Uh, so my C tier consists of a bug's life, cars, brave, and let me Oh, I'm dumb. And Monsters University. Oh, we have pretty much the exact same C tier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, A Bug's Life, personally, I think it's very overshadowed by both Toy Story films. When I think of, I don't really have any strong emotional connection to Bug's Life. It's kind of movie I probably only have seen once or twice. And it's it's a good movie. The animation, obviously groundbreaking. Um, but overall, I there's it in terms of story, it didn't really have any of the Pixar flair, in my opinion. Um, good movie, good kids movie. Yeah. Uh, Cars 2, not Cars 2. I just want to keep talking about how bad it is. Cars, um, it's, it's a good movie. I, again, like, there's not really a terrible movie on this list other than Cars 2. But the first Cars, it had some really exhilarating uh, race sequences when he's out in the uh, radiator springs kicking up dirt and all that stuff with uh, Doc Hudson, I think his name is. Uh, I think the little love story that is in the movie really doesn't do it for me. Wasn't very connected to it, especially because it's it such a uh, Lightning McQueen focused story. You don't it like is, watching it's... Cars Fuck? <laughs> no. That's <laughs> but, but yeah it's substance wise i i i didn't think it had too much to offer kind of like your stereotypical underdog story brave i think they had a really great concept for a movie they just executed it pretty poorly um like what you said sam the family getting turned in the bears and them not really communicating with her, I think took a lot away from building a relationship between her and her family. Uh, Cause they were kind of just there for, for most of the movie, uh, especially the mom. Um, it's just like a shitty spirited away. Like that's yeah, what I really yeah, got the sense of. Yeah. I can definitely see that for sure. And I can't help but think it really plays a lot off of Robin Hood and, and watching it, it was, just, it was just like, oh, I'm watching Pixar's take on Robin Hood. And again, it, it didn't really have the Pixar flair that I enjoy. Monsters University, 
uh, fun movie. It was cool getting to see the characters um, again, especially at a, a different point in their life. And I think this is kind of what, for me anyway, separates Monsters University from the other three a little bit is it was a prequel and it did add a decent amount to both characters. Uh, there was a decent amount of uh, character development for them, as well as just some like funny college moments, like at the the party scene they have and um, the dy dynamic that both characters have. Sully's the more of the the jock type character, and then uh, Mike Wazowski is the nerd. So I I think I enjoyed it the most, but out of those four, but not enough to bump it up to B tier. Yeah, I think, I think I totally agree with the Monsters University thing. Like when you were talking about it, I was kind of thinking like, especially to Samir's points about like how it's like, you have to like kind of reinvent it if you're making a sequel. Like I think a lot of these lower tier movies, they tend to be sequels and they tend to be movies that just kind of coast off of the success of the, pre the previous like iteration. Yeah. So it's like Monsters University is fun it is a fun movie. Like, I don't think anyone wasn't entertained watching it. It's just kind of like, you think about like, and maybe this is just like Pixar set such, such a high standard. Like if any other studio made movies like this, like Monsters University would be like, that was amazing. But like Pixar set such a high standard for like world building and like, like just cinematic experiences that it's just like, mm -hmm. you kind of have to do a little bit more. I think yeah, uh, like good movie, like Monsters University is a good movie that just doesn't quite get there. So I, I agree with you. C tier is very similar to mine. Um, okay. So that takes me, I'll share my screen now. Now I'll take to mine. And in my B tier, we have Toy Story 1, Finding Nemo, Wally, and Toy Story 4. Uh, which means we still have several, several movies that are uh, going to be my A's S tier. Uh, wait, I think there's one more that I forgot. Which of these would not be? Nope, these are it. Okay, so yeah, I have um, these four movies. I'll touch on, Samir's already talked about Toy Story 4, but I'll just say like, I do think this, this movie never really answers the question why it's needed, um, but I do think it's, it's hilarious and really beautiful. It does feel like a side mission. I totally agree with that statement, but unlike Samir, I just have like this very like nostalgic and warm fuzzy feeling um, every time I hear like the You Got a Friend in Me song and like all the, I, I love the score. In Toy Story, I think it's my favorite score of all of them, all the Pixar movies. Um, so that's why I have it in B tier. Uh, Wally, this was, this might be my most. I was honestly going to put this as C tier. I don't really get the Wally hype. Um, I obviously like the environmental message, but like, and I love the like 2001 Space Odyssey vibes it gives, but. I also don't like resonate super hard with Wally. He's just kind of a cute robot to me and nothing more. Um, that's just like kind of the what I've always gotten from that. 
from this movie. Um, I do like the Eve Wally storyline. I think it's probably the best love storyline of any of the Pixar movies they've made. I think the movie is just substantially better in the first half than it is in the second half, like when we get on the spaceship. Um, that's just what I've always thought. Um, so I only have that as a B tier. I think it's a good but not great Pixar movie. Uh, Finding Nemo is a classic, but I think of the classics, like when you think of classics, you think of like Monsters Inc., Incredibles, Ratatouille, and Finding Nemo, and Toy Story. I think Finding Nemo is probably the weakest of the five. Um, it's good, but the middle part is a little boring. And honestly, like Dory is kind of an annoying ass character after a while. Um, that's why Finding Dory is lower down. Um, and then Toy Story 1. Toy Story 1 is good, but it's not nearly as, it's the only Pixar where I think it gets way better as time goes on. I think Toy Story 1 is great, but um, I think the stakes get higher. I think the character, the world building gets better. Um, so I have it only as a good tier. Thoughts, opinions? Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and contain myself, but I, I practically agree with everything you said, except for one of them, which I won't reveal, that I'm literally bursting at the seams right now. You don't understand. It's definitely um, wobbling, but, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm like 90% there with you. Um, for one of them, I'm a hard disagree, but I'm gonna just wait for wait okay. for my turn. That's what I learned last night. Uh, all right. So yeah, am I sharing? I'm sharing my yeah, yeah, your turn. Um oh y'all about to be mad. Actually, no. Oh for for Dude, honestly, if it's anything as bad as that C tier that you made, okay. I'll, uh... All right. So, B tier. Dude, fuck this list. <laughs> <laughs> so, the B tier is Cars, which Sam and I think Dane had it in their C tier. Um, Wally, which was also in, in Sam's B tier, and Inside Out. So, I'm going to talk about Cars first. And why it's in my B tier is just because there's something about the character of Lightning McQueen and the idea of just showing arrogance the way that they did. Um, I, I just thought it was really brilliant. Now, I, I know I said that, like, I'm just not a huge fan of this franchise. Um, so that was a big part of it for me. But I'd be lying if I said this wasn't the first time when I saw Cars. Okay, so some backstory is that I saw it with a ton of kids that were in the gifted program and I, I was the only one who wasn't so I kept watching myself and seeing them in Lightning McQueen being like these kids <laughs> are going to burn out so easily once they like get to the eighth grade or even like once they get to high school like there'll be nobodies and I was just so bitter that I wasn't in the gifted program but anyways I think that this was my first introduction to the idea of like showing a character that you know can be as arrogant or in their head or just the idea of like declining as we age um, in some capacities or just like not being as great as we once were or something like that. Um, and I know that's like kind of like a like a trope in a lot of movies. But for me, this was like kind of my first introduction to that. Um, and I kind of want to talk about this when we you know are talking about Pixar in general, what it's done in the end. But I think that this is one of the really good things that they do is that they introduce like 
aspects of the human condition and like these like really nuanced points um, and they weave them into their stories really well so that even if you don't resonate with the whole story or even the movie things like that stick with you like stuff that Lightning McQueen says and you know what he you know once is and like how he's humble um, I, I think that's just like so great that they that they do that in the way they characterize that and for that reason alone was for me enough to put it in B tier Wally. So what I will say about this movie is that I think out of all of the Pixar movies that came out, this was the one that is like most like it deserves for all the kids that saw it in like 2008 or whatever. I think it's worth for those kids to see it again, mm -hmm. um, just because I think it's the most mature storyline or among among the most um, mature, not in the sense of like emotionally mature, but in the sense of just like what is going on in the world. Like when I first saw this, um, I was like, wait a minute, this is like so weird. Like, I didn't know how to feel about it because I was like maybe 10 or 11. And I saw a bunch of like these fat, like <laughs> like <laughs> white people in like wheelchairs and shit. And I was like, oh my God, what is this movie? This is like blowing my mind. And then I was like, as I, but it still stuck with me. And then as I grew like, you know, started like seeing what, how like, environmentalism like you know like the drastic impacts of it and like what it really means to like the idea of like you know people have conversed about wanting to possibly occupy space on mars and like things like that um or just like somewhere else um i think that this movie makes some predictions and some insights that are like really underrated in terms of just our reliance on technology what it can do to us um, it's almost Huxleyan, like Aldous Huxley said that like technology will reduce people to passivity, whereas George or Orwell said that, um, you know, like there's like this big brother figure watching over you. Um, and I think that it's really interesting that this movie takes the second stance where it's kind of like, we're going to learn to love all the devices and gadgets and comforts that we're surrounded bit, like by enough that we're just reduced to a state of just like the people that you see at the end of the movie. Overall, like the story didn't really move me enough. Um, the characters, like I thought the love story was okay, but as Sam said, I think he hit the nail on the head. Like I just couldn't, you know, connect enough to the robot. And um, I, I just, you know, but outside of, but I think that in terms of the insights it makes, like that, that really elevates it up to me. And it's something that I think is one of the more thought provoking um, Pixar films, at least for, for adults and like older viewers. Inside Out, I'm not going to lie, after I saw this, maybe a year after I saw this, easy, undebatable S tier, like loved it. Um, but then what was weird, this hasn't happened with any other Pixar movie I saw. I sort of started falling out of love with it a little bit. It started losing its charm. Um, the reason I liked it so much, which is probably what you guys will um, touch upon, so I won't go too much in that direction. But what I will say is that it's so like Freudian. It's so like it's, I think it, it's so hard to take abstract concepts, like what your conscious is and subconscious is. And then you have to make that understandable and fun for kids to enjoy. And then you also have to make a good story about it. And like the main character is dealing with like mental health issues and stuff like that. And they have to make all that understandable to children, which it all does. Um, but I, I think that, you know, in, in terms of the story itself, because I think it's a movie that like falls in love with its idea so well and it really nails the how 
like the how in terms of conveying the idea. And it's so in love with its idea that I think that it begins to um, forget some of like the larger points about like making a story exciting. I think this is an exciting movie, but not as exciting as the other ones I ranked higher. Like that's the only major gripe I have with this movie in the sense that I think it's like kind of like a quieter story. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just think that it could be more exciting or that they could have taken the actual ground level story in a better direction. But I think that in terms of like the idea and what it's trying to convey is just, it's brilliant. So this is one of those that was really hard for me to place in B tier, but yeah. The thoughts? <laughs> ah, another swing and a miss for Samir, that's <laughs> fine. I'm just shocked that, Dane, you're, you're muted. Oh yeah, I didn't want any background noise to get picked up. I'm I'm kind of I'm surprised too. Yeah. Okay. Well, what what was it? Was it Inside Out? Yeah, Inside Out. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm surprised, but I mean, the most shocking thing for me of anything is that you think Cars is one is better than Toy Story two. Yeah, honestly, that is that's that's kind of where I'm. That's in, that that like Inside Out. Like yeah, like I'll, I'll talk about it more, but it's definitely one of my favorites. But like. Cars 1 is not better than Toy Story 2. In I, no universe is it better. Like, I, I think my, my approach <laughs> to, honestly, like, my, my approach to making this tier list, like, maybe might have been fundamentally different in the sense that <laughs> there's things about, there's things about this movie that, like, really connected. And then there's other things that, like, were forgettable. Like, the fact that I've seen probably both Toy Story 2 and Cars roughly around the same time, which was a really long time ago. The fact that for some reason, like something about Lightning McQueen stuck with me. Um, and like with a little bit of the personal backstory I gave, hopefully that like made sense. But um, that, I mean, that, that was just kind of my approach in the fence that like, I don't remember that much from Toy Story 2, which is probably it. But um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably, you're, I mean, you're probably justified in saying that like Toy Story 2 is probably technically the better movie um but just in terms of like my own reactions to it and what i remembered what stuck with me this was this was it so but yeah toy story one and two is the only time i will admit i'm openly in the wrong and i know that but <laughs> you know, like no no i respect it i mean i'll have some like sensationalist headline for this podcast just let me have my that. wrong opinion on this one yeah, yeah. i mean it I'm all down for not being the bad guy this episode. So, I right, damn. I don't. I don't oh, know wait. if you guys noticed, but there is yeah five, five minutes. Yeah, five minutes left. Are am I allowed to just end it and then restart it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so it. annoying that they don't. It's so dumb. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Okay, but we can definitely get through Dane's B tier in five minutes, hopefully. Okay. All right. Uh, so my B tier consists of. You have to share your screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Come on, Dane. Yeah, I have to stop sharing this. Hi, Samir. Okay. So, my B tier consists of Toy Story 4, um, Finding Dory, and Onward. So, starting with Toy Story 4. I'm not going to lie. I actually really like Toy Story 4. I was very cautious with the big gap in between 3 and 4. Uh, and it, especially how well uh, Toy Story 3 ended. 
I've really doubted the need for a fourth one. But for me, I, but I, what I got from the story was it was all about Woody. It, ob- it obviously was. And for the most, for the majority of the series, he has been the lead character. And a theme that he's kind of dealt with is he's becoming obsolete. He's not Andy's favorite toy, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so I think this movie really delves into that concept that is carried across the other three movies. And it's, it's Woody coming to terms with he he's not a fun toy anymore. No one wants to play with him. So what's he going to do? He's going to go into an antique shop and run from a doll. Yeah, but I... I honestly really enjoyed Toy Story 4. I wept at the end. I thought it was very sweet. Uh, but again, I don't necessarily think it necessarily think it needed to be made. But at the same time, I'm I'm glad they didn't end up making it. Finding Dory, I think that they could have the writing could have been a little. There could have been a little bit more exciting elements in it or whatever. But what really draws me to this movie is the the build up to Dory meeting her parents and I think that it is such a strong plot point in the original Finding Nemo that it carrying over into Finding Dory and kind of being the the central theme central plot of the film is, is pretty engaging I was I was very drawn into it uh, that being said I do think sometimes some of the side characters can interfere with that and even at um, with Nemo and Marlon. Um, I think even some of their scenes were kind of just written to get to Dory. There, there wasn't much with them. And then Onward, I really enjoyed Onward. I think the ending is phenomenal. It's something that Pixar's never done before. And I, I really applaud them for it. Uh, with that said, I do think the movie kind of fell short in terms of really delving into the the whimsy of what they could have done with the, with the world. Uh, I'll, I said, um, I think that uh, occasionally the the interior environments really put a put a break on the action and kind of where the fantasy in the movie is going. But overall, I love all three of these movies. I think they're great, but not S or A tier. So we are now, uh, everyone, to our A and S tiers, uh, meaning that we are to our favorite of the Pixar's. And as Dane said at the beginning, uh, this was the hardest part of making my tier list as well, uh, picking what should be the best of the best versus what is just amazing. Um, I think. An S tier for a Pixar movie is like genre defining and one of my would probably be deemed as one of my like top 40 favorite movies ever um, as, as opposed to an A tier, which is like, this is a great movie, but I don't know if I would watch it fully. If like, say I'm watching like just on cable TV and it came on, like, would I watch the entire thing? Uh when I stop stop everything I'm doing and just watch it. So um, I will go here and we're gonna share. 
And in my A tier, we have, wait, totally forgot. I remember now. Uh, I have Ratatouille, I have mm -hmm. Onward, I have Up, I have Toy Story 3, and, um, and I have Inside Out. Um, I, I'll start by saying Inside Out is the one closest to being in the S tier. This is kind of a toss up. I didn't want my S tier to be every single, like the biggest category, because I don't think that's really fair. But I think Inside Out is amazing. Um, I do kind of agree with Samir that it's a little slow. Um, and I don't really know if kids will like it, which is an interesting, like it feels just a little too mature. Um, I just think it's beautiful. Like the flashback scenes, like I, I haven't really seen a kid's movie that's dealt with like cognitive, cognitive behavioral theory, cognitive, you can do it. You can do it, Sam. Behavioral <laughs> yeah. theory, CBT, yeah. uh, as well as Inside Out does. Um, I think this movie um, is great to watch just show to any adolescent that's going through some like puberty and is feeling a little lost in the world. Um, I love that movie. Um, I'm kind of regretting it having in the A tier. I think it honestly might be an S tier Pixar. Toy Story 3 um, is amazing. Um, I think it's really good. Um, and the ending's perfect. Like it, it is the best ending. Besides, this is my hot take of the night. I think Onwards has the best ending of any Pixar movie. Um, I, uh, just to chime in, I, I agree with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think on, on, Onward has my favorite ending of any Pixar movie. I think, I honestly don't think the first 30 minutes of the movie are all that good. Um, if it, if it was just like a standard Pixar ending, this would be C or B tier. Um, but I think the ending is so fucking good in this movie that like, um, I haven't been like that. I was like a wreck. I was like tears streaming down my face. I thought, I thought the ending was so good in this movie. Ratatouille is like the hipster pick as best Pixar movie. Like, I don't really see it for that. I do think it's really good though. I think it's a very inventive plot. Um, I love what they do with like animating food. Um, I think the message is really good. Um, it's just very whimsical and fun. And it's very like, it's almost like a heist movie too, which is fun. Um, I think Ratatouille is really good. And then finally up, like if you would have asked me from like ages like 10 to like 16, what my favorite Pixar movie was, I would like immediately say up, like no questions asked. Um, I did rewatch it like last year and I don't think that second half is nearly as good as the first half i think the first 20 minutes of up are like perfect like that montage scene is like up there is like the greatest i know it's like very cliche now it's been memed hard but like that montage scene is like one of the great movie sequences ever um but i don't love the ending and i the bad guy is a little contrived um but I mean, other than that, like it's a very funny movie. It's very cute. It's very sweet. Um, I think every single movie in this A tier 
are like nine out of tens, just not quite 10 out of tens is how I would view them. Um, I'm going to chime in for Onward. Uh, I, already, I already did what you were talking about it, but completely agree. Uh, I have it in B tier, uh, what I was talking about. Um, I think they could have done more with the, the fantasy element, especially in the first half hour, like first half of the movie. But honestly, the ending is like, it jaw dropped. I was sobbing and now in, in my mind, I was just like thinking, oh my God, are they, are they actually gonna have the story go this way? Like completely divert all expectations um, without saying what happens. Uh, so, and I mean, we have our, we have already talked about this movie in the first episode. Yes, uh, I don't do. think we need to go two more into yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, watch onward. Just watch. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. Oh uh, yeah, I'll one hundred percent be checking it out. Um. Okay. So, well, to Samir now for his A tier movies. Uh yeah, these are my A tier. I think yeah. Okay, my my A tier is like really close to Sam's. So. Oh, it says the host disabled screen sharing. Oh, I have to redo this. Cool, you're good. Okay. Yeah, okay. So as you can see, my tier has Ratatouille up and Toy Story 3, which I think all three of those showed up on Sam's, right? All three what was them. your what was your fourth one on your tier? Uh, my fourth one was Inside Out, and Inside I out. also had. I had a I had another one. Let's see real quick. Uh, on oh onward. Onward. You, okay. You haven't seen that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm practically, um, like I'm I'm completely with you on practically what you said about all these movies. Um. So I don't want to belabor the point too much, but for Toy Story 3, I think that I also want to provide like another anecdote here just to kind of give you the conditions I saw this in. So I was in sixth grade. I had just finished watching Avatar The Last Airbender, like when it was like on TV. And I was like, that is- Are you wearing movie. a shirt right now? I was I, I, Oh, oh I you know. are? <laughs> He's and I was like, and I, I still am like, this is one of the greatest, greatest things I've ever seen. And then the movie, Avatar The Last one. And it was the same weekend, it was competing with Toy Story 3. And I was over at my relative's place and I was like, bro, uh, of course we've got to watch this movie. First of all, it's a fellow brown boy as a director. And the second of all, like, this this series is like one of the best ever um and i remember crying sobbing in front of my parents and all of like our family relatives and being like because my parents kept being like look at the rotten tomatoes it has like an eight percent and toy story 3 has like a 99 percent and i was like there's no way it's better because and this is also part of the reason like i was like i, I didn't really like one and two that much like i really just want to watch avatar the last airbender okay i lost and we all ended up watching Toy Story 3. Holy crap. And this is really coming from a place where like, despite all of 
all of me shitting on Toy Story one and two, um, three just blew blew my mind. First of all, I said I was crying because I didn't get to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. I learned what true crying meant at the end of Toy Story three. Um, yeah, that that incinerator sequence literally like showed me that I have emotional layers that I've still yet to access. But seriously, like this movie, like and it, it's it's so crazy because to eat, like it's one thing to be able to get fans of the franchise to like the movie but it's another thing when a sequel when someone who isn't already about the like the world of the movie or like the whatever like if there's a movie in that franchise so good that's even able to get people that didn't jive with the fundamental like world of it to like it this much to put it in a tier that's saying something i think is completely deserving of every rating every accolade every everything it got um phenomenal characterization like beautiful beautiful ending i haven't seen onward yet but i think that the ending of this movie is probably my favorite um just i don't even know like what it is about like him growing up and saying yeah i don't need these toys anymore like that moment of like growing up and the kind of bittersweetness that like every adult child everybody watching this movie has when it's kind of like um to quote Frank Ocean, you know, we were never those kids, you know, like, I, I think that everybody still is a kid at their core. And this movie, so like, mind blowingly brilliantly tapped into that, into like the inner child of every single person watching this, and just made them realize that like, how beautiful childhood is, regardless of where you're coming from. And like, that like, bittersweet nostalgia, everybody has thinking back to like, wanting to go back to simpler times, even when we're in them. Um, okay, up. Oh, enough has been said about you know that montage like that. The first thirty minutes of this movie, if that was just like a short film in and of its own, I think that you know it just it really would have been like one of the best short films like ever that I've I've seen at least. Um, in terms of the the whole movie, like I think it's it's pretty good. Like um, it it definitely holds its weight. It's a good story. It's a fun story. It's so human and the animation here is just so beautiful. Like something as simple as like a house with a lot of balloons, like bright balloons. Like that's such a striking image. I don't know if you guys have seen, didn't David Blaine do something recently like with Kanye and yeah, like he, he just did, like- He jumped from a weather balloon, like a couple yeah, of well, weather balloons. Well, no, like he also like put like famous YouTubers on like the up balloon thing and he made- Oh, did he? I did you not see, okay. no, see that? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like a recent thing. Yeah, it was like, it was like a week and a half, maybe like two weeks ago. Um, like Kanye like kept like tweeting about it and stuff. But anyways, he he pretty much decided to bring up the life. Um, but I think that just goes to show like the amount, just like that simple image of just a house rising up on balloons has on people like the power of just visual imagery. Um, I'm completely with Sam in terms of like. I think it kind of gets a little bit convoluted and contrived towards the ending. Like, I don't remember much from it. Aren't they like fighting like on a blimp or something like that? Yeah, it's like it's like mm -hmm. the like a fame like his hero is like the bad guy. It's, yeah, it, I mean, I don't want to like it too much. It, it definitely makes sense with the story. I don't think that like you know it's it's anything to like. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that it just has such a actiony like ending that's not really not anything novel or poignant um 
or at least it didn't stick with me, but up, beautiful film, easy A tier. And I know we talked about scores. I also agree that the Toy Story score is like great. But for me, I think the ups, like that, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Up has a great, up has a great score. Like just, I think that takes the cake, especially in the montage, like, and like the idea of like that being a motif, like a musical motif and how they keep bringing it back at like the right spots to target your heartstrings. Brilliant. Ratatouille. I think like, this just is such a, such a smart movie. Like, like I, I, how do they even think of this stuff, man? Like a rat that tugs on a failing chef's hair in France and helps him like become like a great chef. Like he's like a wait, he's like a waiter. He's not even a chef. Yeah, he's like a like a waiter. It like it, it almost feels like that level of like absurd slash creativity can only come out of Eric Andre. You know, like <laughs> like I think that it's it. But then they make it work so well. Like they make the movie emotional. And this also is directed by Brad Bird, which yeah. is why the action in this movie is just like you mentioned the high sequence, right? Like if you look at, have you seen Mission Impossible: Growth Ghost Protocol? Like that's the one where he jumps off the Burj Khalifa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, you can see flavors of his like signature action sequences and they're all over this movie too. Um, And just, you know, the animation is beautiful. The idea, I'm just so in love with the idea and the concept and even like the hateable critic, right. Who like has that super emotional moment where he eats the ratatouille and he gets taken back to his like childhood with his mother. Like, wow like just blown away of how you can even like make somebody who's the villain the entire movie like you know have that much heart um just a super fun movie brilliant screenplay i think one of the best one of the most active it's so up on its feet that pixar is produced so yeah that's that's my eight here that's good stuff uh now to your eight year okay um let me go ahead and share my screen. Nice AirPods. Thank you. Samir, I expect AirPods next episode. Nice. Okay. So my A tier consists of Toy Story 1, Ratatouille, Finding Nemo, and Guys, close your eyes because I have to look at my other list. I'm pretty sure there's just one left. I was wrong. I okay. That's and it. then I no 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 no. There's two more. I was gonna um, say, Dan, how big is your S tier? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, there's two more. So then there is also up and Toy Story 3 was hiding um below my screen, so I couldn't see it. All right. Toy Story, I think, honestly, it's a great story, but really it being the first fully CGI movie and just how well they stuck the landing with it is sensational. And Toy Story is a, is a film that I've, I've grown up with, and grew up with, and when is Woody for Halloween and all this stuff. So I, I tie so much to the original Toy Story film. Um, I think that there are some moments where it does drag and they don't necessarily hold up super well, 
but overall like the scene in the arcade uh, it was just so cool uh with with the, the cg and at the time with all the arcade machines going and then the ending and just what it, what it set up really just revolutionized animation and what animation is directed toward that being said i don't um i do think there are some setbacks in the movie ratatouille Samir, you said it beautifully. It's just a movie about passion and following your dreams. And st- even if you if you don't think they're going to happen, maybe one day a rat will appear on your head and start controlling you. But it is just a beautiful film. Um, the the Paris as as a set piece and all the all the food, just so delicious looking. And it is just a very sweet and sincere movie. Finding Nemo. Uh, the relationship between Nemo and Marlon is so well done. And you just feel his despair throughout the movie, especially whenever you get to the points where he doesn't think he's ever going to see his son again. And he, you, you feel for him and uh, the end of the movie. I, I, I love the ending. Um, and I think it has a great cast of side characters, Bruce, tremendous scene uh, jaws is my favorite movie of all time and seeing that. seeing bruce that call back to jaws like such a good scene um moving on to up so kind of with what you guys both said the movie fell off with the final action scene i think seeing two old men have like an intense fight scene Kind of looks a little bit goofy sometimes. It, it doesn't necessarily always come across as super, super realistic. Super kick ass. Um, yes, but the the movie is overall is is beautiful. I mean, the first ten minutes it acts as a short film, and it just really shows the power of Pixar and their visual storytelling. And the score is also tremendous. Toy Story three is. What, at the time when you're viewing it and you thought this is the end of this franchise and they end it with such a beautiful heart-wrenching scene and I I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed I, I was crying after I had left the theater whenever I saw that with my family um, little Dane um, but this Toy Story 3 I think was one of the first times where I truly saw a tremendous increase in the visuals and how they uh just just how beautiful the visuals look everything was so was so crisp and and yeah i i think toy story 3 is fantastic all five of those movies are fantastic but i would say like they fall into the the nine range nine nine point five i'll just stick to nine i don't i don't want to i don't want to call all the movies on my s tier all masterpieces but um yeah so i think they'll probably all fall around like a nine yeah there's something there's something like so nostalgic about watching pixar movies with the homies and you like secretly crying while the and then after you leave the movie everyone's like i can't believe people even cry at pixar movies and you'll be like yeah, yeah I know, right? you'll be like yeah that's yeah. So, like yeah that's so weird so like, well 
I mean, like, without a doubt, I can say I've cried at more than half of uh, yeah. the Pixar movies. I've cried. I cried. I literally cried at, like, Toy Story 4, which I had, like, B tier. Oh, like, yeah. I, yeah I, like, I, I, I cried during 4. Yeah, like, I... What's it called? <laughs> I just remember, like, watching Up with, like, with my, like, soccer team. And we were, like, we had lost, I think, like, 35 games in a row. And we finally won a game. And for, our, like, our celebration, we all went and saw Up. And everyone after it, everyone after it was like, everyone was like, the movie wasn't even that sad. Like, who would cry? And I literally was like, puffy eyed, like, <laughs> so obviously had been falling during the movie. Like, you ever just like, you ever just with the homies and you have to just like silent cry? So you're just like, <laughs> yeah but I mean, there's some movies where that's just impossible. Like, you have to all out ugly cry. There's one, there's one oh, movie that did that to me, but I know where. I mean, there's I definitely a movie on this list that I, I literally just could not stop crying. It was actually like a legit. I'm legit getting chills to just like actually thinking so, about how fantastic yeah. this movie is. Yeah. And, so, so I will now show my S tier, my favorite, um, my favorite movies, my favorite four Pixar movies ever, um, and that will be. And I'm going to rank them, actually, from one through four. Uh, my favorite Pixar movie is Monsters, Inc. My second favorite is Coco. My third favorite is Toy Story 2. And my fourth favorite is The Incredibles. Um, I think all of these movies are what I would deem a perfect animated movie. Um, from start to finish, uh, there are very few things that I can fault in any of these um and they're just also like so nostalgic for growing up like I actually never really loved Monsters Inc until I was like maybe at, like 11 or 12 when I rewatched it and I was like wow this is like really funny it's really beautiful it's very sweet um it's just a, like an amazing concept like there's some movies where it's like the concept is just so good that it's like it's already like an amazing movie as is, but then you add like a really like tight script, uh, great character development, like fun, like social overtones with it. I think Monsters Inc. is the, the perfect animated movie. I think, I think it's my favorite Pixar movie. Um, Coco, as we were just talking about, like movies that I uncontrollably sobbed to, uh, uncontrollably sobbed to Coco. Uh, I know we talked about how uh, Toy Story might have the best score. I think Coco is right up there for best score. Um, I love all the songs. Like the twist ending is so good. When it's like, um, you just like, I literally was like, holy fuck. Like I did not expect them to do that. Like uh, it was, yeah, it's just wonderful. And like, I love the culture that they show off in this movie. Uh, I talked about it a lot in our movie draft about why I love this movie so much, but um, yeah, Coco is, is definitely up there. Toy Story 2 is my favorite Toy Story movie by far. Um, I just love everything about this movie. I think it's funny. I think it's fast paced. There's so many just like iconic fun scenes like with them at the like um, play barn, like the convenience store or like when Woody Elf gets- Toy Barn. Yeah, Toy Barn or like when Woody gets um, a makeover or like them on them at the airport. It's just like, um, 
it's just it's such a fun movie and like i think it's just the equal part like silly without like i think cart like a lot of pixar movies and just movies and kids movies in general take themselves a lot more seriously now than they used to um i think pixar like toy story 2 is a great representation of a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously like it's it's literally just talking toys like it's a ridiculous thing but it's so much fun um like that cheat not uh the cheetos scene so classic when he's like climbing around on the cheetos so good and then the incredibles like i would say this is is up there as my one of my favorite superhero movies in general um it's very for all the reasons i hate incredibles 2 i love incredibles for the opposite reasons i think it like has this great sense of like um the stakes are really high i love um, Syndrome is probably my favorite superhero villain ever. Like, I love the origin story of being, like, um, of him being the biggest fan, but, like, being as, feeling like he wasn't loved. Um, I just, like, I love everything about this movie. I think Prozone's amazing. It's just a fun concept. It's also a concept that would never be really redone. Like, you saw Incredibles 2 is very childish compared to Incredibles 1. Like, you can't have, like, your superheroes flying into a jet engine and getting torn to a thousand shreds, like, anymore. So, um, yeah, I, all, all four of these movies, there's very few things I can fault. They're, they're all just fantastic. I, I love them all very much. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hard agree with you on there. Damn, I feel I feel even worse about putting Toy Story in my C tier now, knowing that it was in your S tier. But I think that you know, it's just I just want to say um, that with with that with that movie in particular, like um, I think it's just I mentally blended a lot of Toy Story one and two together, probably. But um, yeah, I think I'm I'm hard agree with like everything that you said. So. Yeah, definitely rewatch Toy Story two if you haven't. It, it is. Yeah. I think. I think it's significantly better than Toy Story one. It. I, on, I honestly think um, Toy Story two and Monsters Inc. Incredible, and I would include Incredibles in there too. But those three movies, I think those are the three funniest Pixar movies. Yeah, I thought Toy Toy Story four is definitely up there. That movie. Is, oh, yeah, Toy Story four is really, really up there. But to, yeah, I do agree. Monsters Inc., Toy Story two, and Incredibles are all um coco is less funny uh slightly yeah yeah but it, it's still so 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 that i thought i thought up was pretty funny like in the middle up is, yeah the, doug yeah. doug the dog oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean all these i just all, all these movies are funny even, fuck like even cars one is funny cars two is not <laughs> yeah. funny but cars one is funny um i like dory is kind of annoying but she's funny as well mm-hmm. um like all these movies are pretty funny uh but yeah i think these are also i do agree that these are three of the funniest and also the best Mm -hmm. cool so that is my tier list of pixar movies we are now to uh only 10 fucking minutes samir it's up to you uh okay so it's it's me right yep um all right okay 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 so my s tier is Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., Coco, The Incredibles. So three out of the four that Sam had are up there. 
Um, I think earlier I did mention that there was the one movie that like Sam, I think he put in his B tier, maybe even lower that like, oh, that was the one that I was like ready to just jump out of my Zoom screen and like just strangle him right there. But I think that, <laughs> I, think that I, I think that, you know, um, yeah, I just have a lot to say. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't really think about a ranking, so I'm not going to put myself in the pressure, but I think that out of, I still can confidently say out of all the Pixar movies I've seen, um, I think Finding Nemo is my favorite. And I think Finding Nemo is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I will say that. Um, so I, because we're on this, I'll talk about Finding Nemo. Um, before I talk about even the story, I think this movie is just visually just beautiful. Um, in terms of like the animation quality, I know the movies that came after it have like better technical standards, but I think there's just something about capturing like the ocean floor and like the hues of like the water, um, especially inside the floor. And I'm just, I'm just like a huge, that's why like I like a lot of stuff that James Cameron does because he's also obsessed with like oceanography and stuff where it's like, I, there's so much to the ocean that's just so cool. Um, the fact that like 70% of the earth is the ocean and we know so little about it. Um, and I just think blue is my favorite color too. So it's just like seeing a, like a lot of those hues of like blue um, and especially like, there's a scene where they're like going down the current with like the turtle, um, like the surfer. So I think just, you know, everything about like the animation um, is just so strikingly beautiful to me. Um, so, okay, so that's the technical side of it. In terms of the story, uh, like, you know, I think Pixar, like, again, saving the final comments towards the end. Um, but I think that they have like such a, such a beautiful, um, like a knack for capturing human stories. Like the idea of like, this is a story about a father whose wife recently passed and is kind of having, you know, like, it's like about his relationship with his son in the sense that like, he doesn't want to be too attached without being, you know, distant. Um, and it's just about like letting him live his own life, which is just from the point of who it's like made for it's brilliant. Like the people that are watching it, like it's going to be, yeah, it's younger kids. And they're probably at that stage in life where they're like, okay, mom, stop following me to school. And I know I was at that stage of life when I was watching it. And I've seen this movie like easily 12 times after that. Um, and it just, I feel like it just gets better with each viewing. Um, and, you know, I just think that that line of like, you really feel, first of all, that's like some of the best voice acting I've seen. Um, whenever, uh, I forget who voiced Marlon, but like, I think that just, he conveys that neurotic, that like, like that obsessiveness, what, what that's also like rooted in like this deep sense of just like, I love my child so well. Uh, yeah, I think this has one of like the best storylines for me. It's such a great adventure film, especially when they land up in the dentist's office. I also caught the Jaws reference, Dane. Like, I thought that was great. Um, just such a great cast of characters. I'm gonna have to disagree with Sam. Like I actually love Dory. Um, and that's because I, I I genuinely think Ellen is like really funny. Um, so, I do too, I do too. Yeah, like I, I just, I love Ellen so much. Damn, that's um, so, an unpopular opinion. Yeah, like, right I, now. yeah, I guess right now it is. I will never understand Twitter's hatred of yeah, Ellen. Even though it seems like, like she's kind of a bitch, but like, I, I, I mean, think I, 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 but every every comedian's kind of an asshole. So I know, like, I just 
Ellen is the one person mentally, like I will refuse to even not let a bad opinion slip in there. Because <laughs> I just that, like, she's just, she's genuinely like really, really funny. I think, yeah. um, and I think that she's a great voice actor, actress in this movie. Um, okay. Enough about this great movie monsters Inc. Like uh, me and Dane said, like, this was like the first movie I've ever seen in my life. And what a great note to start off on. I think yeah. this movie led to a, lifelong appreciation and love for cinema and just everything like sam said i don't want to talk about it too much but just you know again the characterization man like of mike wazowski and you know just getting that so right like even like i don't even like i want to be in the room when they pitch these meetings like let's take the worst fear of a child monsters and make that into a lovable movie about defeating the fear of monsters for children like such a brilliant concept. And then the whole story with like the girl that's just one of the cutest characters in animation, I think. Um, what's her name? I'm forgetting now. Boo. Boo, oh, yeah, yeah, boo. She's so cute. Um, and then there's like, they, they just do these things. Like, do you remember that one scene in Monster Inc where they're at the Japanese restaurant? Yeah, that, I was wondering, that sushi restaurant. Yeah. They're at a Japanese, like it's, it's crazy. Oh, the Benihana, yeah. It's so like, the amount of detail that they put into their world and how lively and colored and textured they make it is just crazy. And, you know, great story, great movie. Coco, cannot, cannot say enough about this movie. Um, highlights to talk about the twist ending, just the narrative, the story, being able to take a really good story like that and give it the emotional weight that it has, especially towards the end. Um, crying at this movie easily hands down like remember me i think is i mean not only is it a bop but like oh, it's it, just fits, it fits with like the way they integrate that song into the story so well because it's so about like that song is like a it's also a plot point essentially yeah, it's, a plot. Yeah. it's a huge plot point in the movie it's also a great song like just that's so hard to do um all the characters are great the animation is great and just, I think this movie more than the others, the ability to confront mortality, like just showing death on screen, because death is like a super complicated subject, right? And like being able to like show that in a way that it's not like repulsive. And like, I, I was reading a larger article about this that, um, you know, and it's it's about how they made Coco and the fact that when they were designing the skeletons, um, they... Conf they like conferred with psychologists from MIT and all over the world in like giving um, curvature to the uh, shapes of the skeletons. So they're more of like, they have more of an appeal to children because they wanted to do this, like stick with the theme of Dia de los Muertos and like have all of that, but still like psychologically not scare off the main children base that it's like meant for. And the same thing around death, like they like made, brought in a focus group of children and like understood their concepts of death and how they think of all that. Um, but they still didn't want to fundamentally address like, okay, people pass away. And their like own plot mechanic for that was really smart too. Like, you remember like, um, I think it's like, they have this thing where like the people fade away and then that's when they're gone for good, right? Um, like in the movie. So they do have a concept of like true death in there, um, but it's just, it's so smart, works really well with the movie, great movie. Um, the Incredibles, enough has been said about it. I think I really want to touch upon what Sam brought up, which is the villain. I think the villain is one of the best villains and best characters in this movie, in Pixar. 
it's the idea he's so like he's i love when a villain is like relatable in the sense that like you know like you can see where he's coming from like he was the biggest fan and i would be as hurt as he was i mean i wouldn't turn into a super villain but like you really like feel 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 his hurt um story of this movie is great the idea of like rooting a whole family like all of the family is you know the main characters of the movie and it's just so funny it's lively there's action in it it's ultimately relatable because it's an american family suburban american family feels like you're watching a sitcom but there's action in it the stakes are high villain is great nothing but good things to say about the movie i think we're about to run out of time so we might need to start yeah, yeah we but those are my s tier cool all right folks we are back and we are with uh the lovely samira yellow Percata. Uh, that wasn't a voice crack, if you were wondering. Um, and the lovely Daniel Holtz, otherwise known as Dane Holtz. Um, and he is going to round it off and show us his S-tier movies uh, for his Pixar list. Okay. So my S-tier is I have the most movies in this category. I just could not distinguish if they were A-tier, S-tier. And ultimately, I thought about them and I think they they certainly belong in my my S tier so starting off I'll go with Toy Story 2 Coco Inside Out Monsters Inc Wally and Incredibles so yes I do have six (laughs) S tier movies um and I will explain why so Toy Story 2 is by all means like how you do and perfect a sequel they take every element of the first movie and just balls to the walls make it 100 percent better yeah um and they add fantastic characters i mean jesse is such a great character and her um the flashback scene when she loses her owner is a one of the saddest movies or movies moments in a any pixar movie uh, so well done. Um, but yeah. you guys basically hit the majority of like the fantastic scenes and um, yeah. And again, like I grew up with Toy Story and absolutely uh, adore, adore Toy Story 2. Coco, I'm pretty sure I started crying 20 minutes into this movie and cried until the very end. Same. And <laughs> I, I watched this uh, in my dorm room on my own. And I was laying in my bed and my roommate was I heard laying in the bed next, laying like right across from me. And then I'm just like weeping. And then he ended up leaving. Um, and then he, he came back and I was still crying. And yeah, but the movie is just beautiful. You like cry sexiled your roommate? Yeah, that's exactly what that's it was. Amazing. This was um, this was one of the first stories Dane ever told me. I think he read <laughs> like a market meet. This, I was like first meeting him. Oh yeah, yes. Ten absolutely. minutes, then he tells me the Coco story, and I'm like, yeah, I fucked with this kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but just the the bright colors, the music, the way the music and culture just play into the overall story, on top of the ending, and just how gut wrenching. And this is it's just such a such a mature movie so many adult concepts again like dealing with mortality is insane and going along with that i with 
kind of plays in with Inside Out. Put, I have seen Inside Out, I think, three times. And I love it every time. I cry every time. Um, there's one very emotional scene. Um, but I think Inside Out might be one of the best showcases that and Coco of what Pixar is really about. And I kind of look at Pixar as like the modern day Fred Rogers. Uh, um, and just their way of portraying such mature themes and relaying that to to children and making them understand what it, it is to feel this way. And even whenever I was watching this as um, I want to say I like 17 years old, I was like, Oh, oh my, Oh my God. Like the way they're handling, I, I, I relate so much to this movie and I, I, I did. I love the movie the whole way through. All of the characters are great. Bill Hader, Amy Poehler, fantastic voice actors. And I think her following the, the young girl and just her mental health is, is insane. And I think overall the, the ending that it's okay to have a memory that is both happy and sad and how they uh, portray that is just so well done. Monsters, Inc., first movie ever. And like you said, Samir, what a great first movie. The, the Taking the concept of there's a monster in the closet to making an entire plot about it and again like they take a concept that is scary to children and make it so it's just enjoyable and fun and exciting i i really think monsters inc is just a, a testament to pixar's brilliance to understand what's going on in a, in a kid's mind and just some of the, the social and uh themes and stuff like that in the movie and the world just feels so lived in it's the atmosphere is just it's so well done and then two phenomenal voice performances by i believe john goodman and billy crystal um just really take the movie to the next level wally i know you guys both had this lower on your list but i personally love wally i think wally's just like a work of art i the first half it it's like a, it's a silent movie and it's all about just their the visual visual storytelling being able to, to tell this very important story and again the love story with eve i really bought it and wally i was very attached to him too he, he didn't talk or anything but i i felt for him i don't know why necessarily but i did and the way that they kind of looked at technology at in 2008 and really just hit the nail on the head for some of the issues we're, we're going through today and and all, all that good stuff with and then the ending I thought I think also think is is very hopeful it's such a, a hopeful hopeful ending and I also really really enjoyed just the contrast between all the space scenes and the scenes on earth I, visually i think it, it's one of pixar's most profound movies and pro honestly i do really think too it is potentially one of their most ambitious in terms of the story they wanted to tell 
And then Incredibles. I'm a huge, huge su- superhero nerd, everything, yada, yada, yada. And this movie very much comes into why I love superheroes. I remember like trying to run around thinking in my mind that I was running as fast as Dash was um, whenever I was a kid and watching this. And it, it's, a, it's a sitcom, like you said, some just amazing banter between the characters. Frozone's fantastic. Syndrome, arguably Pixar's best antagonist. So such a well-developed character in across all genres of movies. And the also a movie with some very crazy things to put in a kids movie. I mean, obviously at the end, Syndrome gets sucked in the plane. Um, that's shocking the guy in the beginning trying to jump off the building and commit suicide is just mind-boggling and i i'm a huge marvel fan but i have to give it to the incredibles they went for the superhero registration act thing with the government where heroes were kind of outlawed before marvel did and they just such a such a great con um concept and I honestly really love the opening to this movie too. Like the little documentary, it's like a little period piece at the beginning. And then it, it transforms into such a, a, a modern, modern classic. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention too, the, the main theme of the Incredibles is something that is just also so iconic. I think up there with the up and Toy Story scores as well. What is the main theme? I don't know if I can do. I don't know if I can do it. It's like, damn. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the main thematic piece of it. Oh was, no 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 no. I was gonna, I was gonna say. I was like, I don't really remember there being like a huge moral of the story. No 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 no. Um, but I mean, it's just such an exciting movie. It's exciting the entire way through. Um, yeah. 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 What a classic. So good. Well. Boys, we, we made it through. We made it through. Not only did that, I think we made some friends along the way. I think we I, did. I think we learned a lot about ourselves. I think we learned less about Samir than maybe we learned about me. And yeah, Dane. I think um, we learned that Samir did not have a childhood, did not have any toys. I think um, we learned one thing, which is that Samir is very anti-toy, which is very important for this. Pro adult toy, anti child mm-hmm. toy, which is ironic because the way I'm gonna I'm gonna announce Samir on the podcast is like you know the like who's that Pokemon? <laughs> I'm gonna add, I'm gonna edit I'm gonna edit Samir in a black background, like the black outline of him, right. and I'm just gonna be like facts hates toys. <laughs> no, I think I'm I'm for one really taken by the fact that we all did actually have pretty similar tier lists. Like our S tiers were like really similar. And yeah. Other than- same with oh, A tiers. Um, so like, I'm, I'm glad that we were like in pretty close agreement with A and S and then also pretty close agreement with the other ones too. Um, yeah. I know there were some films slipped around here and there, but pretty much I would say like we were like 80% similar, right? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. like pretty cool. It's kind of shocking. I honestly thought we would all be a little different from each other. But yeah. I think, to your point, Samir, I think there's almost like, a, like, 
I don't want to like trivialize children's movies, but there's something just like so like like cathartic. Like you kind of just get it, and if it like resonates with you, it really resonates. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say they don't like these movies don't lack nuance or anything like that, but there's just kind of like a there's just something that like instantly works about especially the best Pixar movies that like mm-hmm. that like quote yeah. unquote Pixar magic that you can just kind of feel like right off the bat and you're just like this movie is so good mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure I, I think with S tier and definitely the most of the movies in our A tiers the you go back and watch any of those movies now they help hold up phenomenally well yeah. and anytime I watch one of those movies from my childhood like I just feel my emotional connection to them strengthen so much. Watch them and I just get this overwhelming sense of nostalgia to where like when you see the Toy Story 3 ending, it's almost more impactful <laughs> um, as, you, as you watch some of these movies. And also like, I think it's, it's crazy for us because we are able to picture... We, we were able to see these movies as children and then now we're young adults and we're able to look back and reflect on what we kind of took away from those movies as kids and right now. Um, and that just, I think it just holds to how excellent of a storytelling machine Pixar is. Yeah, I, I'm big, big agree on that. And while we're on the subject of like speaking about Pixar in general, um, you know, some of the best movies from this studio came from Andrew Stanton, Lee Unkrich, Pete Docter, um, and uh, I think I named everyone, but oh, and John Lasseter. So just for reference, I, I had it pulled up because I didn't want to get it wrong. So Lee Unkrich made Coco. Toy Story 3, and, um, yeah, so, yeah, okay, so he He made those two. Yeah, he did those two. John Lasseter, known for the Toy Story franchise, which is- He did the first two. Yeah, so John Lasseter did the first two, and he did Bugs Life. Pete Docter did Up and Monsters, Inc., Um, and then Brad Bird did Ratatouille, Um, and, yeah, he, he, so he did- Ratatouille and the Incredibles so I think it's it's also super cool about like how the fact that like it just feels like you know like like a group of like you don't really you also like you view it as a studio but it's also just like a set of like four friends working together to tell these stories um yeah who who was Utopia it's Byron I, I thought more people so, from Pixar definitely worked on Zootopia, but I'm not sure who worked, who exactly did. Um, and it's, it's crazy. Like one of my best friends from high school, um, who I talk to like really frequently, his close family friend is Pete Doctor. Um, oh really? Yeah. That's so cool. So like you know he got to see up and um, yeah. So he he like got to like he got invited to those screenings, which is like. I think Zootopia is DreamWorks, dude. Or no, it is Pixar. Is it? No, 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 no. It's it's, it's not Pixar. It's it's Walt Disney. It's, it's Walt, Walt Disney, Disney animation. Okay. Um, I, I for some reason I do feel like someone at Pixar worked on Zootopia, but I might be wrong. Yeah, and it's like, very similar. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that like these guys, at least two of them were college roommates um, and they put Easter eggs from their college roommate days into the movies. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like in like Monsters Inc. and like even the other movies, like they put like these like random inside jokes from their college days into the movies. And the fact that like the Pixar movies in general have like, I know like if you guys have heard of like the Pixar universe theory of like how mm-hmm. yeah. connected. Um, and there's like solid evidence for that because in one of the movies, I think it was like either in The Incredibles or A Bug's Life, there's like a picture, like a drawing of like Monsters Inc. Like they were before like the movie came out. Um, so they're like really aware of like Easter eggs and like connecting the movies. And it's just, they make it really easy for you to view them as like an auteur studio where it's like Pixar signature. Um, I know like we talked a lot about nostalgia, but I also, while, you know, mentioning nostalgia, really want to emphasize the fact that these are just like really technically good stories from like a writing standpoint. Like if I was to sit back and say that, like, I don't know, like it could be like pretty easy to be like, um, yeah, like, you know, these are just like, I mean, like they are like meant for children. Like these are great children's stories. But like, if I was to like bring in like heavyweights of like, let's say like Tarantino, just for our whatever discussion. Okay, okay, film, bro. Well, no, I mean, okay, like, whenever people think of, like, who are, like, the best filmmakers of your time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we'll say, like, Steven Spielberg, like, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada. I think that in terms of, like, the stories that they tell, the fact that a story's got to be emotional, I got to emotionally connect to it, it's got to be exciting, um, like, the plot has to be good, the stakes have to be high, the characters have to have motivations. These movies, technically, from a writing perspective, have all of that much better than a lot of movies that are you know for quote-unquote grown-ups like um like i i think and i think when i'm saying that i'm just saying that about animation in general the fact that bbc poll called spirited away the fourth best movie of the 21st century above movies like there will be blood i think that's saying something you know like animation frequently i think gets the raw end of the deal in terms of people view it as being limited by its form and like its form somehow makes it limited in terms of its audience. But I think, you know, that's just, that's just a whack, um, you know, way to look at things because sometimes like characters like monsters and bugs and like fish, like can convey human emotions much better than like close-ups of gore can. Um, Not saying, you know, Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese or like, trust me, like I, I love those guys, but I think that in terms of just telling like really emotional stories, like that's why like some of these movies, I'm not even going to say that these are like the best Pixar films. Like some of them are my favorite films. And when I say oh, absolutely, that, I really mean mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, sure. Absolutely. And like, I think same thing with Studio Ghibli, like you guys have heard of, like, it's just with, with them, like, I know like that's a Japanese um, big animation powerhouse. But it's the same thing with those movies in the sense that like people don't after a certain point view them as even for children like Hayao Miyazaki like he's an auteur like he's a powerhouse and a lot of those themes like they deal with like Japan recovering from World War II and all of that like some grown up shit. Yeah, like um, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, yeah like it's just super heart wrenching movies um, and just like super adult too. But anyways, I'm going to conclude my comments by saying, um, you know, I don't generally, especially in this day and age, have a lot of good things to say about America. 
and American things in America in general. But I think Pixar truly for me is one of those really uniquely American things that I'm just so, so super proud of. Like it's one of those things that really makes me want to, it's very few things that makes me want to tell people, yeah, I'm from America. Like <laughs> Pixar, we, you know, like there's people telling stories on this level and um, they have like a certain American character incorporated into the stories too. Like there's an American mindset in the stories. And I think that it's done in a way that is for once not toxic. And it's just yeah. for once just universally and globally relatable and admirable. Um, the fact that Coco like translations and lines itself changed whenever they were displaying that to a Spanish audience. Um, I think that's just that's just really cool how they are so self-aware of like American attitudes and American cultural values and they're able to even modify that to a global audience. Um, but yeah, Pixar I think is just phenomenal. Um, can't say more about it. So I'm gonna give it to you guys. Well, I think on that note, there's a uh, that was pretty profound. I, I firmly agree. Pixar is one of the great American exports uh, culturally. Um, so I think that is a great note to leave it off. Um, as always, had a great time talking to you both. Um, for anyone listening that listened to us talk about Pixar for two and a half plus hours, uh, thank you very much. Um, as always, we will have episodes every Monday, hopefully. Um, but, you know, don't hate us for starting a movie podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>